Welcome to this episode of Ready, Set, Grit, Your Life on Purpose with Ellen Barton, where you'll hear thought-provoking discussion, inspirational stories, and get action tips for creating the life of your dreams. Hello, and welcome to Ready, Set, Grit, Your Life on Purpose, a weekly radio show and podcast where we'll be talking about the secrets behind living an inspired and extraordinary life. I'm Ellen Barton, and my guest today is Nancy Roberts of The Disc Wizard. Nancy is a longtime entrepreneur, a published author, and motivational speaker who works with businesses to help them hire the right people the first time. One of Nancy's many talents has been her ability to draw upon her own experiences as an entrepreneur to help guide her clients through all kinds of challenges and hurdles. Nancy, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Ellen. I'm glad to be here. Wonderful. Well, Nancy, there's a couple of themes that I want to touch on today with you, including courage and reinvention and taking bold and inspired action. But I thought we could start off hearing a little bit about your story. You've been you've been helping people reinvent themselves for years now. And one of the reasons you're so good at it is you've done it yourself once or twice. Yeah, I think you're speaking my language when you talk about reinvention. Um, I've gone through several and probably more than even that, but the major ones in my life um, all happened, I'd say, after my 20s. You know, the 20s were sort of the decade where I don't even know if you know what's going on, but by the time I hit my 30s and now into my late 40s, um, there's been several significant reinventions. So... Um, I do know a little bit about your story. Do you want to go back to your first, uh, at least the first major thing that I know about when you kind of stepped away from your religious upbringing, your that strict religious upbringing that you came up in? Yeah. Yeah, that was definitely um, one of the biggest, I would say one of the most pivotal moments of my life. And it wasn't just a religion that you would, go to church on Sunday, so it was like a one time a week or one time a year kind of thing. Um, it's a religion that really is in your daily life. Um, and so my entire family, is most of them actually, it's, are still in the religion. And so when I decided to leave, uh, at this point it was about 13 years ago, uh, I knew I really had a tough um, time ahead because it's a religion that still tends to believe in shunning when somebody leaves. Um, So the fact that I had to sit down with my parents and let them know that I was officially leaving the religion was pretty significant, um, pretty fear-inducing. I don't know if I've ever been so scared in my life. I don't think anybody likes to disappoint their parents, but to actually sit down and have this conversation um, definitely took a huge amount of courage. I would love to say that it went well, <laughs> but for anybody who's ever kind of come out of whatever closet it is that you've been in, um, you'll know that some people don't respond to it very well, and that was pretty much the reaction of my parents. Uh, they did cut me off. They did encourage my siblings to cut me off, and the hardest thing, I think, was um, losing access to my nieces at the time. I was very close to them, and being cut off from from you know, them, I think they were teenagers. It was just so hard. I knew in my heart that I was doing the right thing. I knew in my gut that I was doing the right thing. But really losing your family, your friends, pretty much everything you've known your whole life, 
Um, I don't know if it gets harder than that. Yeah, yeah, that sounds incredibly intense. And what what life, I guess, had in store for you was going through that a few more times. <laughs> yeah, apparently once wasn't enough. <laughs> yeah, and, and you know what's funny is I think you keep going through it. I really feel like there's, I don't know, these life lessons that we're meant to learn, and I feel like they just keep showing up over and over again and if we don't get the lesson, it keeps hitting us harder and harder. You know, the first yeah. is like a tap on the shoulder and the next is a smack aside the head. And then all of a sudden you hit, get hit by the Mack truck, you know, because you're not paying attention. So, um, yeah, I just had probably my, I don't know, third or fourth big reinvention in the last uh, year and a half or two where I left a relationship um, with someone I was in business with. So. You know, it, it tied in my livelihood, my business, my where I live. We live together, and a, a personal romantic relationship that came to an end after seven years. And it was the same. I didn't even realize it at the time. Uh, you know, the hindsight thing is so true. Twenty twenty. Once you're out of it, but so many of steps of the way, it was just like leaving the religion. So it was. Mm -hmm. It was similar. It was you know being afraid to face rejection. Um, being judged, not wanting to hurt people that I cared about immensely, with all the same themes woven into this um, breakup that I went through, that I initiated, the doubt, the fear, um, there was something about, and I know you and I talked about this a little bit before, you know, it seems like when I was in my 20s, I would make major decisions <laughs> without any, any thought to the impact. I quit a job, started a business, I moved. Um, and never really went through these kind of really scary moments of, can I do this, you know? And and when I was 47 or, or 46, when I went through this breakup and ending this business, and I really, I really was scared at a whole new level. You know, you'd think it would get easier, right? Oh, I've been here before. I've done this before. But I, I don't. I don't doubt people now, you know, I have a mentor who's in her seventies and, you know, she's told me for a while now change gets harder as you get older. You think it'd get easier, but it gets harder because there's this whole another level of fear um, that comes with age. Maybe not true for everybody, but I know I experienced it. And all of a sudden I'm sitting in this situation that I didn't want to be in. And I just was terrified to make a move and make a wrong move. Yeah. Yeah. I can definitely see that. And it's interesting what you said about life showing up to, or the universe showing up or whatever it is to give you those lessons again and again, because I certainly have felt that and have witnessed that in so many people. I, I definitely think that that's true, that we are destined to get the lesson, to, to get it eventually. We um, hopefully can, you know, get to the part where we learn it quicker, but <laughs> for some of us, including me, um, it's, it's taken a few times to get some of these lessons. And I feel like the consequences are greater every time that we don't get it. Um, I don't know if we have time, but I actually have a story about someone else. It was a gentleman I dated for a very short time, um, many years ago, and he shared with me his story. Um, he had a real problem with being a control freak, <laughs> being very arrogant, and having a lot of anger. And this is how he dealt with people. It's just no self-awareness and, and just kind of like a bully. Well, 
it cost him friendships early on in his life. It cost him a business and a business partnership, uh, you know, midway through his 20s and into his 30s. It cost him his marriage in his 30s. And it wasn't until he was in his 40s, divorced, almost bankrupt, dealing with his teenage daughter. And he almost lost his daughter. Um, she was ready to cut the relationship off with him. And that was the wake up call he got. Uh, you know, like I said, life had been trying to give him this lesson. The universe had been trying to give him this lesson with all these relationships that had gone by the wayside. But until it was his daughter that was at stake, he didn't get it. And that was kind of what woke him up to, I really need to make the changes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd, I'd like to say that that's not a common thing, but it, it actually really is that those things, you're, you're right, the stakes keep getting higher and higher until we pay attention. So thanks for sharing that. Yeah, and I wanted to talk to you too, like, you know, by the same token, when we're on a good path or when we um, are brave enough to make changes on purpose or get in line with our purpose and, and take inspired action. I know we've talked about this too and I want to get into that because just like the universe tends to keep those lessons present for us throughout the course of our life, it also can propel us towards what we're really supposed to be doing if we take the time to listen and take that you know brave action from time to time. So I was hoping that you could share your insight into taking inspired action. I know you have some good stories about that too. Sure. So I think there's probably a process that happens um, every time we decide that we want to move in a certain direction. So, you know, let's say we go through the crap and we're kind of down and out. At some point, our, our optimism gets the best of us and all of a sudden we get another dream or another goal or an idea to start over or whatever that is. And it seems like, again, as soon as we start taking steps toward it, you know, we start the diet, we start making the sales calls, we uh, get out of that relationship and start a new one or whatever it is. And then all of a sudden it seems like obstacles come up. At least this is what happens to me and most of my clients. And, you know, the, the average person, when those obstacles come up, has all kinds of reasons to stop. And they sound very rational. We call them rational lies because they are really rationalizations that just um, sound true. Um, and most of us can defend our rationalizations, but they really are just a way to keep us from that thing that we really want. So I find that the most important thing to do is when you get that inspiration, and sometimes it's just an idea. Sometimes it's like this really... Um, not even significant. Like today, I so I had a discussion with a prospective client yesterday. It didn't go anywhere, or at least it didn't go where I wanted it to yesterday. I was kind of feeling a little bit defeated um, last night. Like, you know, I wish I'd handled it better. I wish I'd known better questions to ask and guided the conversation more effectively. And then today, I just had this quote come to mind. And I thought, you know, that's a quote that would really be helpful for him given our conversation yesterday. I started to go send it in the email, and then I second-guessed myself. And I went, mm. ooh, 
this is too preachy. Ooh, maybe this is too personal. Ooh, maybe this, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. so inspired action was there. Send the quote, you know, that you heard that made you think of them. And then all of a sudden the doubt came in, right? Now, most of us, and most of the time, we talk ourselves out of that. So as soon as the doubt hits, we stop and we don't send the quote. But I have experience after experience after experience that if you just do the thing you had the idea to do, I swear to God, it's like miracles happen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so oh, I don't know what's going to happen yet. Who knows? He could come back and tell me I'm crazy. <laughs> or he could come back and say, wow, thank you for thinking, which is more likely what will happen. Thank you for thinking of me. That's powerful. Let me ruminate on this mm-hmm. for a few and let's talk next week. That's not an unusual thing to have happen when you follow through on inspired action. So I now have this um, kind of mantra or this habit where when I get the inspired thought, I just do it. I've stopped letting my rationalizations or my doubt or my fear or whatever it is that fear of being judged, and I just go for it. So instead of reading through the email to the client 10 million times before I send it, mm-hmm. doubting myself every step, I just send it now. And then like the amazing things happen. Mm-hmm. So I, I had shared with you um, the conference that I had gone to in Nashville. Um, and we had talked about how that was definitely inspired action every step of the way because I hit obstacles every step of the way. Yeah, I love that story. And I love... Um, I'd love to let you tell it because it, it's it's so interesting. You were you were saying that there's this conference that you um, had wanted to go to, to to hook up with some clients, but you were not really. You know, it was kind of expensive, and you were kind of wondering if it made sense. This is yeah. the conference, right? That's the conference, exactly. <laughs> So, I, yeah, I found out there was a conference in Nashville, which I, I don't live near there, but I was going to be in Cincinnati on business in Nashville. I think it was like a three-hour, four-hour drive. It ended up being longer than I thought, but that's just one of the obstacles. And when I heard that this conference was going to be in Nashville, I knew a few of my clients were going to be there. So I thought it would be a great opportunity to go to the conference, meet up with them, you know, reestablish those connections. But also I had a couple ex-clients. Uh, um, people who had been clients years ago that were going to be there, and I was excited about meeting up with them as well. So I had called and confirmed that people were going to be there, so I wasn't wasting my time. I booked the hotel room in this really nice hotel where the convention was. Um, it was pretty pricey, you know, 300 and night, something like that. So right there, boom, that's a $1,000 investment. Mm-hmm. Then, then I go to sign up for the conference, and I find out, you can't go to the conference unless you're a member of this association. I So the conference is 1500 to go to the conference. To become a member is $3,500. So it's getting pretty pricey there, Nancy. I know. I'm driving to Nashville. Or I wasn't driving yet. I was in Cincinnati the evening before I was going to leave the next day. And I'm going, you've got to be kidding me. Like this $1,000 trip just turned into a $6,000 trip. And, you know, I got to tell you, my mentor's words came back to me. So I had been coached for several years uh, by a, by a um, really amazing business coach and, and mindset coach, quite frankly, and sales coach. Honestly. He created a lot of things. But he said to me and my business partner once, we were hesitating going to a conference where our uh, our 
target market was going to be because we were broke when we had no money. And he said, wait a second, you just found out like 8,000 members of your target market are going to be in this one location and you're not going. He said, I don't care if you have to drive to Texas, I live in New York, <laughs> and sleep in your car, you get to that conference. So, of course, we went and we didn't have to sleep in our car, and, and it turned out to be um, an amazing experience. We, we got one of our biggest coaching contracts we'd ever gotten, uh, and thanks to God, uh, paid in full because <laughs> we had no money in the bank account. Um, so it all worked out, but his words came back to me when I was sitting there in Cincinnati, you know, hovering at my laptop going, you've got to be kidding me. I'm not even supposed to go to this conference, you know, because I'm not a member and to become it, you know, as this investor. And I just remember his words being, I don't care if you have to go and sleep in your car. Right. So, so I suck it up and I head to Nashville and... And here's how I'm justifying it. And tell me if this sounds familiar. I'm saying to myself, if I get one contract, so in my business, one contract could be anywhere from five to $25,000. So I'm like, you know, if I get one contract or re-engage with one client, um, you know, I've, I've paid myself back. So that's really all that has to happen. Plus, it really makes sense for me to be at this industry, industry conference. So anyways, on the way, I get a text message. Or, oh, no, I'm sorry. I didn't find out until I got there. I get there. I don't see the the main um, past client that I wanted to reconnect with that I assumed we could do some work at some point this year. Um, and then I get a text message from him that he's not going to make it. <laughs> oh, no. I know. So there, you know, like, I mean, all these, like, expectations are just, you know, getting dashed. And then the other client that I was going to go to dinner with, the second night of the conference and she was going to introduce me to some other people. She was going to be going to dinner with other business owners. She canceled on me. Um, she got an opportunity to go to a great Christmas concert. I do not blame her. Believe me, I told her to go because I thought it sounded amazing. And, but, but now like this dinner, this important dinner that was supposed to happen, that goes by the wayside. So I, I gotta tell you, I'm sitting there like, feeling like number one an idiot for for taking these um risks and just one after the other seems like it's not paying off so there was a moment where i i didn't even want to go i didn't want to leave my hotel room i i really was like you know maybe i'll just sit in my hotel my beautiful hotel room in downtown uh nashville and who knows type of a newsletter or something like that. I just wanted to <laughs> retreat, you know, behind my computer. And, um, but, you know, I just, I've learned you got to take that bold and inspired action. So I pushed myself out there. I went and networked a little bit between sections. So uh, part of the story, I don't know if I told you, was that I didn't sign up for the conference because even if I had, um, Hold on. I have to think of the distinction. There's two different types of membership for this association. And because I'm not an owner of the type of company that's in the association, even if I was a member, I wouldn't be able to go to this conference. This conference was specifically for owner operators, which I am mm, not. I'm right. In. So had I signed up, um, I couldn't get into the um, workshops and, and that type of thing. So I'm there and I go down to the, um, the like, um, 
you know, in between sessions and stuff like that, but feeling kind of like an idiot, I have to tell you, because I can't really go into the um, room, you know, where the conference is taking place. I'm out in the hallway, so I'm feeling like a stalker, uh, you know. But all of a sudden, um, one of my cl clients sees me and says, oh, my God, so glad you're here. Oh, I want to introduce you to someone. The first person he introduced me to is a woman who hears what I do, and immediately wants to sign me up. She works for the association and immediately wants to sign me up as a speaker for one of their, uh, you know, other conferences this coming um, spring. So that was the first thing we had. The second thing, I meet this other big player in the industry who I had been trying to get a hold of as a reference. So I help my clients hire people, trying to get a hold of them as a reference to a candidate that one of my clients is looking at. Hadn't been able to get a hold of this guy by phone or email, and boom, I walk right into him in this hallway. Couldn't oh, have been wow. Wrong. Yeah. Then um, the woman who, my client who canceled on me for dinner, says, I feel so bad about that. Why don't you just take my place at dinner? They were expecting me anyways. Why don't you just um, take my place? So I ended up being able to go to dinner uh, with these three other business owners as well, which was great networking. But when I'm going to go meet up with them, to go to dinner, uh, the way we connected was there was a cocktail party that evening. And they said, well, we're at the cocktail party. Why don't you just sit down there? So I, even though I knew I wasn't supposed to be there or be part of it, bold and inspired action would say, you go to the cocktail party. I walk in and there's this gentleman who's a real big player in the industry. Um, I had connected with him years and years ago, but I had, had trouble reconnecting with him. I walk in, he's standing at a cocktail table by himself. Um, so of course, bold and inspired action. I walk right up to him, start a conversation. Don't know if you remember me. Had a great conversation with him, and he told me to touch base with him at that house. So it was one of those things where there was like this domino effect of bad things that happened on the way that could have very easily had me stop. And believe me, I thought about stopping. But then as soon as I took that first courageous action, which was just leaving my room and going down to the conference area, it was like a domino effect of positive things that happened. And so I feel like there's a process there. I feel like because I've gone through it so many times that I feel like it's almost, and I used to joke and say, I think the universe tests us three times to see if we're really serious about a commitment. <laughs> it seems like every time I made a commitment, uh -huh. <laughs> boom, 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 right? I would have three tests in a row to see, are you serious? Are you going to stick with us? Are you going to push through? And as soon as I push through those three, it's like the floodgates just open. Yeah. And you know, so you also coach clients and help them along their way. Do you see the same thing with them and, and what, and if not, like, what is it that holds people back from just stepping forward and taking that kind of action? I see it in every one of my clients, every one of them. And if I, if I had been keeping a list or like a catalog or stories of this same phenomenon, I, I could have written a book by now of all these stories of what happens when pe people push through. The thing that stops us is always the same. It's fear of something. It's, it's, you probably could narrow it down to probably three basic ones. Fear, fear of rejection, um, fear of looking stupid, which is probably just fear of rejection in a different mm -hmm. form, and a fear of hurting somebody. 
those are, you know, fear of being judged, fearing, fear of hurting people, fear of rejection. Those are always the ones, at least that are behind uh, me. You know, when I, when I, when I stop, when I won't go forward, I look and I examine the illusions of yeah, yeah, and that that I call fear and doubt the killer of dreams because that's what people get these great ideas and they get all fired up and then the moment they let fear and doubt take over, it's over. You you spoke about these um different situations that you've been in and and how you've come through them successfully and learned things. And it sounds like each time you've on some level listened to a voice inside of yourself, a little intuition or a, a feeling that you're supposed to be doing some or something else or supposed to be doing the thing that you're doing in the case of going to that conference in, in Nashville or, or the one in Texas. So I think everybody has this little voice inside of them. Many people aren't maybe in tune with it or um, used to listening to it. Do you have any advice to get people more in touch with that intuition or that inner guidance? I I have advice in the form of a story. Great. <laughs> so I I agree with you. I think we all have that voice. I think nowadays we are drowning out that voice with technology and addictions and compulsions, um, Facebook. <laughs> the, the more noise we add to our life, the less we can hear that voice. And it, it, I mean, really, it's, at this point, I think it's becoming up and down. So I had an experience where when I was in this business and in this partnership with this gentleman uh, several years ago, and I and I just wasn't happy. I don't even know how else to explain it, except nothing I could do in business would make me happy. Nothing I could do personally would make me, I was losing weight, working out. Um, I just kept having these like lackluster months would go by and and I was just sensing that there was something more. I, I actually found a journal entry from way back then where all I wrote was, is this it? Question. Mm. Like mm. that was my only entry. Is this it? And and it's so funny because I obviously wrote it and then closed the journal and walked away from it. But so I I just knew that I needed some time and some space to get back in touch with, with myself and that inner guidance. So I booked myself into a three-day meditation retreat. And I'm laughing because I can't meditate for 60 seconds. <laughs> I can't <laughs> my mind. It's harder than it sounds. Oh, it's unbelievably hard. So the fact that I thought that I could sign up for a three-day meditation retreat and somehow be... Um, effective and you know i don't know get through it that alone it just makes me laugh now that i that i look back but anyway so i signed myself up for this thing and i've got to do something you know so i get get to this retreat it it was friday afternoon and evening then all day saturday all, all day sunday so friday afternoon and evening you know i walk into this like zen uh buddhist center and and as soon as you register you're in silence and you're in very small rooms. I, I think I was by myself. Other people, I think, went to shared room. I was in a room by myself. They encouraged you, obviously, to not be on your technology. So I stuck to that. And uh, so, very, uh, so a lot of time to think, you know. 
So Friday night was a lot of sitting in a circle, um, meditating, and they asked you to keep your eyes open so that you wouldn't fall asleep and to not move if at all possible because they didn't want somebody uh, kind of descending into a trance and then having someone across from them shift, you know, because they're uncomfortable and having that pull you pull you out of a, a, a deep trance. So it was out of respect for other people. Plus, um, mindfulness, um, when you're trying to stay still, is actually a part of the process is can you be mindful enough to the ache in your shoulder and the tingling pins in your butt because <laughs> it's gone numb um, and, and not react to it, you know. So anyway, so it was a really cool kind of lesson. I did sit for hours on end, not moving, but all I had racing through my mind was the challenges I was facing in my business and in my relationship. So I, I don't think I was really meditating. I was just sitting very still. Um, that evening, I was just not loving it. I didn't think I was getting much value from it. I thought it was too intense. I, I was like, wow, I'm over my head. I really did sign up for something that I wasn't ready for. Um, and because of this chatter in my head, I really didn't think I was getting much out of it. So I contemplated leaving, leaving Friday night, but I didn't. I decided to stay the night. I woke up at 6 a.m. when the gong went off and went to breakfast, which was also silent. You, the whole time was in silence. So I'm sitting at breakfast and everything in my body is screaming to leave. But I had all, all, all these stories, all these rationalizations going through my head of, um, you know, you gotta, you gotta finish what you start. Um, maybe something better is coming, uh, at the end, you know, if you stick with it. Um, I can't leave. What will people think? We're in a freaking circle. It's not like I can leave and not be noticed. Everybody's going to know I'm gone. So I'm going to be judged. Um, the gentleman who had invited me there, he was there on the weekend as well. He's going to be disappointed. I might hurt him. I might hurt his feelings. And as I'm having all these thoughts, Ellen, all of a sudden it hit me. Oh, my God. Those are the exact thoughts I had before I left for religion. And those are the exact thoughts I had before I left the last significant relationship I was in. I don't want to hurt his feelings. I'm going to be judged. What are people going to think? Maybe if I stick out, there's something better at the end. I should see this through. So as I'm sitting there having this realization, I start cracking up. <laughs> like, And, you know, it's kind of like when you're like, you know, like you're in church or you're at a funeral or something, you're not supposed to laugh, you're in school, and you just can't stop laughing because it gets funnier and funnier because you can't hold back. I must have looked like I was crazy. I think people thought I was losing my mind because I just started laughing out loud and the harder I laughed, the more it tickled me and the more I laughed. So I'm sitting there cracking up, trying to compose myself, and I can't. I just lost it. So I finally get up and I go over to the guy who had invited me and I kind of you know, gesture to him to come out in the hallway. We go outside and I share with him, um, you know, I said, I got to leave. And I said, because the only reason I'm staying is because I don't want to hurt you. I don't want to disappoint people. and I don't want to be judged. And he looked at me and he said, Nancy, I think you just got out of this weekend exactly what you needed to get. Yeah. Wow. 
And that weekend was the weekend I made the final decision to leave the relationship and leave the business. Wow. Um, but I really feel like, you know, and here's what I was about to do, just so you, you have a perspective. Before I went to the meditation retreat, I was about to check myself into therapy. I thought, well, let me go to a counselor. Let me go see somebody. Let me negotiate for like six months to see if I can kind of work through this or whatever it was. And I have a feeling that had I gone into therapy, not that it wouldn't have been useful, but I feel like I would have come out six months later with the same decision <laughs> you know, to leave uh, with the you know, same um going through the same process, but taking a very long time to get there, you know, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. having to deal with my rational mind, which I call the monkey mind, you know, instead, I think what this retreat did was help me to, to tap into that sort of higher consciousness and have that message come to me a lot faster that said, look, the reason you stay too long in things is because you don't want to hurt people and because you don't want to be judged. Mm -hmm. So it brought mm -hmm. me back to, a quote that I once heard from Les Brown, uh, who's a really, really amazing motivational speaker. He said, a difficult decision is not a difficult decision because we don't know what to do. A difficult decision is a difficult decision because we don't want to deal with the emotional, emotional consequences of that decision. And that's exactly where I was at. It's not that I didn't know the right thing to do. That inner guidance system was trying to tell me. My voice was screaming at me when I was quiet enough to listen, but I didn't want to deal with the emotional consequences of that decision because it, it, it was a lot. Yeah. And, you know, I, because I know your story and um, I just want to mention that of, this was obviously a difficult thing for you. You had been in a this long-term relationship. You had business interests together. It was complicated. But although there was certainly hurt and pain and, and challenges ending the relationship, you've both gone on to a better place now. And, and it's like so often we are so afraid to take that action because we might hurt the person. But, and I'm speaking of a relationship, you can apply that to a business or you know whatever but but software afraid to take the action and how many times does it actually end up for the best though when we do take that inspired action i i feel like 99% of the time yeah. we end up in a better place i i you know i i can't even think of a time where i had a client who let's say i coached them to to fire an employee come back to me and say, God, I wish I, wish I hadn't gotten rid of Joe. <laughs> you know, it's hard, it's painful, and you don't want to hurt people or whatever. You do it, and then on the other side, Joe's in a better place, and you're in a better place. And I have very few people I've ever heard say, gosh, I wish I hadn't gotten a divorce. <laughs> you know, or man, I yeah. wish I still... I mean, I think that's very true because when you're not doing it, you're in some level of inauthenticity, and that's a problem that's unsustainable long-term or if you are sustaining it, you're living a lie on some level. I, yeah, I would agree. So I, I don't think when you go through whatever, whatever that hard stuff is you have to go through, I can't imagine it being worse on the other side. I think that's our fear that it's going to somehow be worse, but I don't have any experience of it being worse when you take that action. 
Yeah, I don't either from everybody I've seen and, and talked to and heard about. And and um, I, I've always heard that it, it, it may not be easy going through it, but it, it always, when you get out the other side, it's always um, better on some level. Yeah. So I just well, find that really interesting. Yeah, it's like I've heard someone say, um, you know, about regret. Uh, you don't regret the things that you've done. You regret the things that you haven't done. Yeah, yeah. The things that you've done that didn't work out always led you to a lesson. But the things that you haven't done are the things that you will lay on your deathbed thinking about and regretting not having gone for. Yeah, that so true. So true. That that's a great, uh, great words of wisdom to um, to leave us with. Because I'm afraid our time is up, Nancy. I could no talk to you for hours on these topics. <laughs> I think we have. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. I'd love to have you come back again and share more of your wisdom and stories and thoughts. Um, they're they're really great. So thank you so much. I appreciate you being with us. Yeah, well, I would love to come back. Thanks for having us. Okay. Yeah. Thank you very much, and thank you all for listening to today's show. My guest was Nancy Roberts of the Disc Wizard. You can find her online at discwizardonline.com, and please tune in next week at the same time for more inspirational stories. And don't forget, you can hear Nancy's full interview. And find links to her website on our website, readysetgrit.com. Please tune in next week for more inspirational stories and tips to help you live an extraordinary life. Thanks for tuning in to Ready, Set, Grit, your life on purpose with Ellen Barton. Look us up online at readysetgrit.com where you'll find daily inspiration, links to our social media, and where you can access our eBooks and online classes. Ready, Set, Grit, inspired actions, real results.